Week six of the NFL. Folks, we are going to be diving deep into games such as Seattle-Oakland. I'm calling this the body clock special in London. We're talking Vikings-Cardinals. Can we actually make a case for a double-digit favorite? I love the Chicago-Miami game. Lynch is hot on Jacksonville, Dallas. The Saturday slate, listen, I know I've had two straight losing weeks, but seven ranked teams are on the road this week. Danger, Will Robinson! And as we record this on Thursday morning, the line for Giants-Eagles, great game on Thursday night football, it's plunging, money pouring in on the Giants. We'll tell you why. Let's go! Hello and welcome to Coming Up Winners, your favorite sports gambling podcast on the interwebs. I'm your host, Jason McIntyre, joined as always by an under-the-weather Andrew Lynch. Mr. Lynch, good morning. How are you? Good morning, sir. Yeah, apologies for my voice this morning, but this week in the NFL literally has me sick. We've got 10 of 15 games that are within a three-point spread, the most dangerous number in sports gambling. Four of the remaining games are a touchdown or more. And then the last one is Kansas City, New England, which might be the most terrifying line I've seen so far this season. It just jumps out as a stay away, does it not? This whole week does. I'm calling this half unit hell week. Like, I don't know... There might be one game that I bet a full unit on this week. So, hey, listen, there's nothing wrong with sometimes not liking what you see and just stepping aside. Listen, it's about bankroll management. It's about playing smart. You want to be in the game long term? Sometimes you got to step aside. Now, me, I love this week. For some reason, I haven't been seeing the ball well the last couple weeks. But this week, I'm seeing some things that I love. Lynch, let's get started. First up, as always, put up or shut up. You know the drill by now. You gamble against me. You pick the game. I pick the side. All you got to do is use the hashtag put up or shut up. You can do it on Twitter or Instagram. We'll start with AC Nelson 93 He beat me last week, and he wants to come back for seconds. He thinks I'm some kind of fish here. He's coming after me. He proposed Oregon-Washington. Well, Mr. AC Nelson 93, it just so happens I absolutely love this game, and I'm taking the Oregon Ducks. I got three and a half Wednesday on this. I think the line will probably come down. The Oregon Ducks, of course, off a bye. They are at home. Meanwhile, mighty Washington was on the road last week at UCLA. Now they go on the road to to uh, Oregon. We know you can't just roll into Oregon and win easily. It's going to be lit there. On campus. Did you just say lit? It's going to be totally lit. I mean, Lynch is going to be off the hook. It's madness in Eugene. I've actually never been to Eugene, Oregon, but when I watch the games, the stadium's literally shaking. It's like Death Valley West. Splendid place. Splendid, Splendid lit place. Now, I will say this. Mr. A.C. Nelson, you have Washington. They've beaten Oregon in the last two games by a combined 84 points. I'm still rolling with the Ducks. Our second bet here on hashtag put up or shut up came via Instagram. Mr. F. Jared 21 slid into my DMs, kind of like Kevin Durant does during NBA season. Name dropper. And Mr. F. Jared 21 said Browns or Chargers. Now, this is one of those games we did talk about on the podcast Monday, Lynch. I almost had a change of heart, but I'm seeing so much interest in the Chargers here. Okay. I think I'm going to go Browns. I'm going to take the Cleveland Browns fighting Baker Mayfields. 
I'm taking him here. I, and I keep coming back to this. We don't know what the charges are. Lynch, I know the numbers say they're a good team. They were double-digit losers to the Chiefs and Rams. And they beat up three bad teams. So this is a this is one of those with the process. You dive deep. I'm willing to bet you guys in hashtag put up or shut up. But in the Super Contest, am I taking this game? Which feels like a coin flip, Lynch, does it not? Yeah, and it's funny. I think typically, you know, when you see a, a one-point spread in either direction, you're essentially looking at that game as a pick em and seeing where the value is on either side. Although with the Browns, there's every potential that we end up with a tie game. So... The narrative is out there. Listen, the Browns have played five games. They've all been separated by four points or less. So this comes down to, I'm guessing, you putting more faith in Cleveland's defense and their ability to turn the Chargers over than in the Chargers' offense being able to outpace Baker Mayfield's on the other side of the ball, right? Did, did you look at my notes, Lynch? Because I almost have that word for word. And uh, just as a tease to the money line picks, which we'll talk about later, I think this game will make an appearance. Say it with your chest! All right, it's time for good bet, bad bet. Listen, we took a licking last Sunday in this department, Lynch. It's, it, was a, it was a Sunday, bloody Sunday. But I want to get started this Sunday. I'm going to call this one the get your day started right pick, Lynch. You want to jump out right out of the gate, and you want a winner. And I'm giving you one. Producer Conrad, you want to give, give me the first game? First game, we have Seattle, minus two and a half at Oakland, but it's in London. Wait, two and a half. Now that's interesting because it was three yesterday. I I bet personally on Seattle. I will be taking them in the Super Contest. I guess it's bad news that people are coming in on Oakland. It's got to be Sharps, right? There's no way the public is coming in on Seattle this early. Lynch, when I say body clock special, tell me if I'm wrong here. So we know that when you leave for London is pivotal, right? That's obviously very important with the time change. Now you've got two teams coming west coast to London. I mean, that's like a nine-hour flight, maybe 10 hours, okay? It's about eight time zones away. Seattle left on Wednesday. John Gruden looked at all the numbers, probably talked to some sleep specialists, said, we're going to leave Thursday night, okay? When you factor in the time zones, the long flight, they're essentially going to get there Friday evening, okay? So you're punting on Friday. You're now doing a Saturday walkthrough and the game on Sunday without having practiced in three or four days. I don't think Oakland's going to be prepared for this. I like Seattle rebounding. Uh, I, I love them in this spot. Yeah, at minus two and a half, I think this is a really good bet. Um, I adopted a dog recently, and it's been one of the most enriching parts of my life. And one of the things that it's taught me is to live in the moment. And so when this Oakland line got to plus three... All of a sudden, all of my preconceptions that I love Seattle here against Oakland and I want to fade John Gruden, I started to get really tempted in the moment by that Oakland plus three. I didn't pull the trigger, and now I'm really glad I didn't because now that the moment shows that it's Seattle minus two and a half, I think that's where the real value is. This is two of kind of my conflicting trends for me. Again, I like to fade John Gruden so far this year. I also like to fade that Seattle offensive line. This is one game where I'm less concerned about Seattle's offensive line struggles. The Raiders are 31st in the NFL in adjusted pass rush with their defensive line. As John Gruden keeps telling us, without Khalil Mack, that team is really <laughs> struggling to get to the quarterback. They're also 22nd against the rush in adjusted line yards. So I think Seattle controls the trenches in this game, and that's going to be my big theme for this week. When I, I'm unsure about all these three-point spreads, I get back to what I know and what I trust, and a lot of 
that as line play. So I think Seattle wins the battle of the lines here, and I think they win by three or more. And to your point, the line was tremendous against the Rams. The Rams' monstrous fun. Uh, Mike Davis had a good game. Carson went well over 100 yards. I mean, this line has improved dramatically, and I'll, I'll finish with this. Russell Wilson is just that dude who finds guys. He threw two TD passes yesterday to a guy named David Moore. He, I've never heard of him. Seventh round pick out of something called East Central. He caught three passes, two for TDs. I mean, this is what Russell Wilson does. It's tight end, right? This guy named Nick Vanette had 19 targets combined in his first two seasons. He's had 18 in the first five this year. It's, it, I mean, they're just such a good team. Next man up, whether it's running back, offensive line, uh, receiver, tight end. I love Seattle in this spot. It, it feels kind of like a blowout to me, Lynch. No, I, real quick, it, it's a really good last note because both of these teams are known for explosive passing plays, and that is my one caveat. This three-point spread could end up being a seven- or a ten-point game in either direction based on just the strength of a couple of big plays. So it really comes down to kind of parsing I think there is a 60% chance that this game is in within three points, and I think in that case, Seattle wins most of the time. I think there is a 20% chance it is a blowout game, and that's the way that I really like to look at things. Put a, a conditional probability on different outcomes and then do the math and aggregate those and see what I think is the most likely outcome. All right, so I'm all over Seattle, favored by three. If you can get two and a half, double down. Next up, producer Conrad. So Jacksonville, minus three. Heading to Dallas. I don't love this game. I'm going to be honest with you. For me, you know, I look at the slate and I start eliminating games. Now, I, what jumped out instantly was Jacksonville, obviously, right? Jacksonville, definitely coming off the loss. They'll rebound. That defense is going to just stack eight or nine in the box. Zeke will have nowhere to go. I started looking a little deeper. And, you know, I keep coming back to this every week, Mr. Lynch. The pick em league I'm in, okay? The public, when it's 70% or more... They're 7 and 17, hitting 29%. So if you fade the public, a very popular phrase in the gambling lexicon, you just fade the public in this pick'em league, you're winning. Well, Lynch, I see the public's on Jacksonville at 70%. So for me, this is a walk away. You seem to have an affinity for... I love Jacksonville. I love this Jacksonville defense. I even love Blake Bortles. I, I, you know, <laughs> so you're the one. Yeah, you know, it's like loving a son that you know is probably going to, you know, have a, a couple of foibles during his time in high school, maybe. But you, you work through it and you concentrate on the good. I will say, I again, we talk a lot about just watching the market, shopping around, knowing when these lines are going to come out. Dallas plays Houston on Sunday night last week, but the line for this week came out ahead of that game. And so we hadn't seen Dallas kind of struggle against Houston like they did. And it opened at Jacksonville minus one. And when I opened up my favorite sports betting app and saw that line, I legitimately burst out laughing. Wow. Yeah, I I mean, it's only a one-unit play for me because I just don't feel super confident in teams in week six in the NFL. But I think Jacksonville wins handedly here. So I got them at minus one and a half as the line continued to move a little bit. I like them at minus three. What does this Dallas team do well? Nothing. And that's what the numbers back up. I don't, you know, I don't even want to dive too deep into the numbers because they all tell the same story. Dallas, outside of rushing the ball, isn't doing a ton well. I think Jacksonville's defense contains Zeke. I have no faith in Dak Prescott against this defense. Give me Jacksonville at minus one, certainly, and even at minus three. Now, what about the narrative, Lynch, that this could be a kitchen sink game for Jason Garrett? You can't lose this one at home the way this season started after the 
debacle in Houston last week, punting in overtime and then losing the game. I, I don't want to say this is Jason Garrett's last stand. That's a bit strong, but... You can't lose this game, Jason Garrett. What's Jason Garrett's kitchen sink? Like a plastic <laughs> wash basin? Like, I don't... I, Jason Garrett can throw his kitchen sink at me. I'm going to duck, dive, dodge, and get out of the way. Like, that does, yeah. that narrative does not scare me at all. Okay. So Lynch loves Jacksonville. I'm going to pass on that one. Producer Conrad, what do we have next? Next up, we have the Arizona Cardinals traveling to Minnesota to take on the Vikings, who are 10-point favorites. Ah, yes. I love this game. One of the hard and fast rules in sports gambling, Lynch, we know this. We talk about it plenty. You don't take double-digit favorites. You don't do it. Long term, it's not profitable. You will lose. Now, so far this season, double-digit favorites are falling on their face and vomiting all over themselves. But, Lynch, you're also a poker player. And you play blackjack and you play Texas. You play everything. But in blackjack specifically... There are hard and fast rules. Do not hit on this. Done, right? I feel like in sports gambling, you can't, it's not analogous to blackjack because of certain situations. Other things apply. And when I just look at Arizona, this is one of the worst teams in the league by every power rating metric you want. And and I saw one stat, and I'll, I'll toss it to you here. One stat that, well, the Arizona defense is pretty good. They're secondary. Listen, they're number two at defending number one wide receivers. And I'm like, well, how could that be? Is Patrick Patterson being that great, this phenomenally on defense? Well, wait a second. Let's look at the number ones they face. They face Brandon Cooks. He caught seven for a buck 59. Then they face the Redskins' number one receiver, who is, I don't know. Then they face the Bears' number one receiver, who is... I don't know, Allen Robinson maybe? And then they face Seattle without Doug Baldwin. And then they face the 49ers who have no number one. So they're killing number one receivers, but they're not facing any. Now you're facing Diggs and Thielen who are both number ones. I'm sorry, I want to take the Vikings here. Talk me out of it. I just, like, when you sent me this pick, you turned me into Nick Young. Like the Nick Young confused meme. Like I was just like... I get it. Minnesota's decidedly better than Arizona. The Cardinals are not a good football team. I just We're talking about the same Minnesota team that lost to the Buffalo right. Bills. We're talking about a Minnesota team that has a negative scoring margin on the year. We're talking about a Minnesota team that is being outgained in yards per play pretty significantly by their opponent. I mean, I think this is a bad bet that you probably win fairly often. Like well, I what's just fairly often. Can I, just, I get sixty percent? I don't no? think you get sixty percent. Okay. I think it's probably like a fifty-two, fifty-three. Oh, one of those things that tricks you into thinking you made the right decision. I think if you want to bet on this game and and God help you, I love you if you do. I kind of like the over here. I this Minnesota defense has been leaky to say the least. That's the word that I keep using with them. I don't think Arizona's defense is that great. Josh Rosen can sling it. Captain Kirk can sling it, and the over-under is only 43. I, If I were looking to place a bet in this game, I'm probably looking at the total there. Interesting. Now, that, I guess that some of that makes some sense into talking me out of it. I just look at this Vikings defense. They, they kind of dominated the Eagles for most of the game. The Eagles did have that kind of, not garbage time, but the late, you know, versus the prevent defense. And then, you know, the other thing is, when I watched Arizona against San Fran, for some reason I watched that a lot, uh, they had one big play to Christian Kirk early. They did nothing after that. They got a defensive touchdown. They couldn't move the football against the 49ers defense. 
and I, I just feel like the Vikings already took the Bills lightly. That ain't happening again under Zimmer. We're not going to lose this game. It, how about this? If you just talk me out of it, Lynch, we're going to be at 125 on Sunday, Eastern Standard Time, and it's going to be Vikings 17-0 because of uh, Josh Rosen pick six, and I'm going to text you and be like, Damn it, you talked me out of the Vikings. So let me talk you back into it. Okay. One number that you need to know on this game. Minnesota's combined pressure rate, which is a stat we've talked about a little bit so far this season. That's the the combined rate of their defensive pressure versus the opponent's offensive line. The bigger that number, the more pressure you're getting, right? It's on a scale of 0% to 100%. Minnesota's combined pressure rate for a game against the Arizona Cardinals 95%. That means that they're going to get to the quarterback when you adjust that number. They're going to pressure or sack the quarterback on about 80% of their possessions. So that's going to be a tough, it's going to be a tough task for Arizona to keep Rosen clean. And that is probably your saving grace. All right. Producer Conrad, there is the Vikings, favored by 10. Final game in good bet or bad bet. Who do we got? We have the Chicago Bears, favored by three and a half, heading down to Miami to the Dolphins. Lynch, this this is such a fun game to talk about for so many reasons. The Bears, of course, coming off a bye, and Miami had looked good prior to the last two weeks. They were 3-0, 3-0 against the spread. On the look-ahead line for this game, Miami was favored by one. Now... Up until, you know, yesterday on Wednesday, Chicago was favored by three. They're three in the Super Contest. I'm like, I could take three. I know they didn't cover at Arizona. Favored by six. That's a bigger number. Three, not that bad, but a significant line move from one to three. You're crossing the zero. You're crossing the uh, up to three. Now three and a half. Lynch, when I look at that injury report for the Dolphins, they were missing two linemen against Cincinnati. Then Tunsil got a concussion. Down three linemen. They had one drive over 50 yards in the entire game. In the second half, they could not move the football. And the offensive line was crumbling so quickly against the Bengals. That Tannehill was only throwing screen passes. He could not throw the ball down the field. And and just to recap that offense, one drive over 50 yards against the mighty Bengals. The week prior, they had one drive over 50 yards against the Patriots. And that was in garbage time with Osweiler. Now they're facing the Bears... Khalil Mack, second in the league in sacks, and they've had a bye week, which which is just crazy. I believe your DVOA says the Bears are the number one defense in the league. They're healthy off a bye week. How can anybody justify the Dolphins? This is betting a number versus logic, is it not? And while you were talking, Ryan Tannehill just threw another absurd (laughs) interception. Uh, Yeah, it's... It's fascinating because the Dolphins are also pretty stout in Football Outsiders DVA. They're currently a, a top 10 team in overall DVOA. Um, number seven, what I are believe. The ba- what are the Bears? Uh, the Bears are second, actually, on the strength of that so defense. So the Bears are the second best. So they went up with a bye week. Yes, they did. What is fascinating to me is even though the, that DVOA number is adjusted for opponent and things like that, and Football Outsiders, is they've been the first to admit this, the Dolphins team is probably overrated because they just can't put together a complete game. They keep doing different things well in different games. In week two, the defense was incredible against your New York Jets. Uh, yes, I remember. So like, how much value is there in that, even if you are adjusting for the opponent? And it's hard to adjust for the opponent this early in the season in a really precise way. In week three, 
the offense lit the world on fire. But they're against the Raiders, yeah. who can't stop anybody. And Adam Gase comes out and runs some really creative stuff. But then they play against the Patriots, and it's the most conservative game plan I've ever seen. So I just don't have a good sense of who this Dolphins team is. I do have a good sense of who this Bears team is. They're a team that is defensively dominant. Mitch Trubisky is going to do his damnedest not to turn the ball over, but take a couple shots downfield, which I like. Um, so this is a good bet with the asterisk that, again, with all of that line movement, if you really like the Bears against Miami, you probably wanted to get your money in a lot earlier yes. than this. It looks like it's steaming to minus four wow. in some places, potentially. Road favorite? And that, you know, minus four is a very different number. And then you, I think you really have to start to look at potentially taking Miami on no, the other no. side there. I know. I know. And I, I'm not recommending it. Yeah. It's just something that you have yeah. to really start looking into. So solid bet for now. Um, I, probably yeah. another stay away game for me. It's let, just a weird week. Let me ask you one more thing. So pro football focus, uh, you know, I, I look at their numbers. According to quarterbacks under pressure from a pass rush, Ryan Tannehill ranks 28th in passer rating. What do the Bears do well? Pass rush. I mean, sometimes, Lynch, do we overlook, like, the spot. Well, the Dolphins can't play poorly three weeks in a row, and they led last week 17-3. to Like, I mean, Pro Football Focus says Tannehill is garbage. Last week under pressure in Cincinnati, 6 of 12, 65 yards, two interceptions, and a strip sack. He crumbles under pressure. I, I See, and that's one of the things that makes sports gambling so tough. Everything screams bears here. Are the Dolphins going to show up and put it all together finally, as you just said? Gosh, I hope not, because I love the Bears, especially at three. I, I don't know. I would. You know how you talk about buying a half point? If I'm seeing three and a half, I would buy it to Bears three. You got to be really sure. I just want to caution people. Buying the half point... It's one of those things that feels like it makes sense. As a long-term play, it is not profitable. So when you are really considering buying the half point, be very sure or look at a potential other slant. Does the money line make sense to you? Does are you know if the game really is that close, do you take the other side of it? Um, so and that's just kind of a good rule of thumb. Anytime you're considering an unorthodox play, consider all of your options. Yeah. All right. To recap, real quick: Seattle, Oakland. I'm all over Seattle. Jacksonville, Dallas. Lynch likes Jacksonville, and I like the Vikings as double-digit favorites. Oh gosh, you're gonna kill me on social media for that. And finally, I like the Bears at three. Buyer beware at three and a half. All right. I'll call the two grand. I'll gamble. Don't splash the pot. To Thursday night football, a tremendous game on Fox. Eagles, the defending Super Bowl champs, limping into the Meadowlands. They were they were favored by three. That line is plunging, Lynch. We're seeing a two at Westgate at the time of this recording. We're seeing a one at MGM. You shop around depending on the team you like. Why is the line falling? I, I've got a couple uh, thoughts on this. Obviously, the Lane Johnson news this morning was not good. Lane Johnson, their all-world Eagles offensive lineman. Last year, they struggled without him. Remember early in the season? Uh, Lane Johnson, just a tremendous offensive lineman, one of the best in his at his position. And if he's unable to go, that's a huge advantage for the Giants, who have an anemic pass rush, but, Lynch, they do get Olivier Vernon. He's going to make his debut. He's their best pass rusher by a mile. But the other reason is the Meadowlands is calling for 90% chance of rain tonight. Now, that kind of mucks things up. We know the Giants, they do have the better running back in Saquon Barkley. Eagles just lost their running back, Jay Ajay. 
I mean, I know the Eagles have owned the Giants in recent years. They've won the last three, seven of eight. Eli Manning, 10 and 18 against the Eagles in his career. But last year, in two losses, 800 yards passing, six TDs. I think the play here is the Giants. I took them at plus three. I'm happy that the line is coming down. And I'll leave you with this, uh, Mr. Lynch. Carson Wentz has not looked himself coming back from the injury. Three games, three fumbles. He's been pressured 27 times. So that Eagles offensive line not living up to what it was last year, best in the league. And Carson Wentz has kind of struggled as a road favorite, only 2-6 and six against the spread. Your thoughts? I think this is the game where Carson Wentz gets back on track and Ooh. where the narrative tomorrow is, are the Eagles back to playing Super Bowl-level football? I don't think they are, just as we, look, <laughs> as we look ahead to it. The Giants are 24th in the NFL in defensive DVOA so far, and they're not doing anything particularly well against the pass or the rush. 22nd in pass rush – Excuse me, 22nd in pass defense, 25th in rush defense. And then on the other side, the Giants have the worst run-blocking offensive line in the NFL when you look at it by adjusted line yards, and that's with Saquon Barkley running the ball. The Eagles, meanwhile, lead the league in run-stuffing percentage. That is the, the number of runs that they tackle the runner at or behind the line of scrimmage. 34% of the time, the Eagles are stuffing the run. So I think that New York is going to struggle to move the ball. I think Philadelphia wins this. I don't. I haven't gotten my money in yet, and so I'm very grateful as well that the line is moving. If this gets down to Philly minus one at my preferred sports books, I'm going to get a half unit in there. Interesting. Do you think, Lynch, any of this has to do with the second half of Giants-Panthers? Professionals have been on the Giants all season, and they've consistently let them down. But in that second half against Carolina, they, they moved the ball at will. I mean, I know Eli Manning is much maligned. He averaged, against the Panthers, 10.3 yards per pass. Like, he had a good game. Yeah, but the Panthers are also the 26th defense in DVOA so far this year. Um, that is my one concern as a Philly backer. I think, again, if the Giants win this game, it's probably on the strength of an explosive play or two. A long Saquon Barkley run or Eli hooking up with OBJ for a big pass. Probably not one that travels more than 15 yards through the air. Uh, <laughs> and then it's yards after the catch. But I, that is my one concern. How much, Giants are a little bit more explosive where I think Philly probably wins the battle in the trenches. How much concern do you have watching the Eagles secondary get lit up by the quick passing game of Andrew Luck a few weeks back and then of course I mean Thielen and Diggs dominated them I mean Adam Thielen caught everything now you're looking at Shepard Odell even Saquon in space uh, and that Philly secondary is problematic and the Giants have to look at this saying you know we've started slow but Philly's not going anywhere we, we win this game we're right back in the hunt Eight and eight could win the NFC East. I mean, everybody in that division lost last weekend. Dallas don't look good. Washington doesn't. If I'm Pat Shermer, I feel like I got to get the guys to motivate. This is kind of the season here. I'm going to say this tongue in cheek, but I also kind of mean it. I'd be a lot more concerned if Sam Darnold were the quarterback for the New York Giants. <laughs> I just, I'm a guy who likes to fade Eli Manning. You could win a lot of money doing that. All right, so Lynch, uh, he's going to wait to get on the Eagles. I'm already invested in the Giants plus three, and we always want to talk you into getting the best number you can. Baby, you are so money, and you don't even know it. All right, in addition to hashtag put up or shut up and good bet, bad bet, and of course, the Thursday night game, we offer you a couple more picks here in our Moneyline Picks segment. Lynch, these are games we're just going to pick I'm going with the winner. No spread, just the money line. 
And I'm going to get started. Well, I actually have two this week. I went 1-0 last week, so I'm a bit gassed up. You went 1-1. One one. You should have been 2-0 oh, if not for our friend Ryan Tannehill. Um, so I'm going to go with two this week. I'm going to get started with, and we talked about it in Put Up or Shut Up, I like the Cleveland Browns here. I mean, the Chargers have not faced a top 10 defense. According to uh, Football Outsiders, here are the defenses that the Chargers have faced. The Raiders, 29th. The 49ers, 25th. The Chiefs, 28th. And then two pretty good ones in the Bills in Buffalo. They were their 12th. And the Rams, 11th. So the Browns, according to Football Outsiders, are right there at the top. One of the best defenses in the league. Miles Garrett's lights out. They got the cornerback in uh, Mr. Ward, the rookie who's been phenomenal. I look for him against Keenan Allen. And I just believe the Cleveland Browns are going to be able to run the football against the Chargers. You look at Hyde, you look at Chubb. I think grounded pound works. I think they control the clock. Baker makes the plays. And I like the Cleveland Browns on the money line against the Chargers. I'll buy that. I, I, I think the Chargers are the better team, but all of your logic holds there. And I think if those mismatches uh, play out that way, the Browns might shock people. And this comes back to, we talked about it with the Chargers when they played the Rams in the Battle of Los Angeles. A lot of people focused on the offense, but we were keyed in on uh, the Rams' ability to turn Phillip yeah. Rivers over. The Browns are second in the NFL in turnover rate. They're forcing turnovers on about 20% of their possessions. Uh, if the interception-prone Phillip Rivers uh, mm. shows up, that's this is and a really might. good bet for you. So I got Browns plus 103 on the money line. 100 bucks wins me $103. Lynch. Your next pick. Oh, man. This, again, this Sunday night game between the Chiefs and the Patriots is going to be an epic. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great as a fan. I really, really think, you know, it's this one's tough. It comes down to the quote-unquote numbers that show Kansas City is a top three team in the NFL based on the strength of their top offense, but in abysmal defense, headed to New England to take on the Patriots and a Tom Brady-led offense that's probably going to pick them apart. In prime time. That's rounding into form. Yeah. And so it comes down to a really fascinating, some of these advanced metrics that point out how good of a team KC is versus these trends that say New England at home in prime time covers 732% of the time. like <laughs> Off a of Thursday night, you know, like. And, and so, again, this, I mentioned it earlier. You talk about different outcomes. What are the different outcomes here? A close Patriots win, a blowout Patriots win, a close Chiefs win, a blowout Kansas City win. And then how? what is the probability of those different things playing out? I think the likeliest outcome in this game is the Patriots by a touchdown or more. I think mm. New England covers the three and a half. But I do think there is a... 35, 40, 45% chance that Kansas City wins this game outright. Woo! And at that, well, I mean, any given Sunday, right? Yes. A Kansas City team that is this good, it's. I don't think it is an overstatement to say they win this game 40% of the time. And if anything, that might be overvaluing the Patriots to say that they win against a very good Kansas City team 60% of the time. But if Kansas City can hit that 40% number, I'm profitable here. So... I'm going to bite the bullet and take what I think is a little bit of value on KC to win outright. I don't love it, uh, but this is the segment, finding that money line pick. This is the one I like most this week. But again, week six is very, very tough. 
What do you think, uh, Lynch, your thoughts on the Justin Houston situation? You could argue with Eric Berry out, Houston's their best defender. Uh, on what is considered a bad defense, um, I don't know. I, I kind of wonder, is this, I mean, you said Patriots by a touchdown. There's some thoughts that, like, Bill Belichick's going to want payback for the Andy Reid blowout. I believe that was last uh, week one last year. You know, d- d- this defense for KC, I know they look good at home against Bortles. Tom Brady on the road, prime time, another animal. Yeah, I I have every confidence that Tom Brady and the, and the Patriots might score 40-plus points Ooh. in this game. It becomes a question of whether Kansas City can keep up. Again, more likely than not, no, I don't think so. But I think there is a substantial, less than 50% chance that they do manage to win this game. So that's where I'm going to look to find some value. Again, I want to reiterate, and I think it's okay to say this. I'm not super confident in this pick. It's going to be a half unit. It might even be a quarter unit play for me. Um, And it's okay in week six or in any given week to say, I don't like the value here, but maybe you want to still get a little bit of skin in the game. And that's where I think, you know, it becomes about doing the analysis, knowing that this might not be the most profitable bet, but finding where... A, you can either get the most value, or B, where you're going to take the smallest hit. And what's the uh, what's the number you got for the Chiefs on the money line? I got it at plus 165. It looks like it's at plus 150, plus 155 at most places. That, do you think that ticks up closer to game time as everybody chases on the Patriots Sunday night? Uh, it's actually headed the other direction really? right now. Yeah, it's it's in the time we've recorded this podcast, it's gone from plus 155 to plus 151 in some places. Interesting. So. All right, so he's got the Chiefs. My final one. I was going to give this out as a 4 p.m. chase special. If your 1 p.m. bets go south and it's the 4 o'clock games and you're like, oh, no, I'm, 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 I'm hemorrhaging money. How about chasing? Oh, boy, Lynch. The Denver Broncos plus 263 on the money line at home against the greatest show on surf. The Rams come into town. Maybe no Cooper Cup. Maybe no Brandon Cooks. They both were concussed against Seattle. I looked according to Wednesday. Neither practiced. McVay said they could be good to go. That could be gamesmanship on his part. But the key, I think, Denver's a play are twofold. Number one is the spot. Denver's coming off looking awful. I mean, hideous against the Jets. Couldn't stop the run. What's Todd Gurley going to do to them? Number two is it's supposed to be 30 degrees and snowing in Denver on Sunday. So Jared Goff, California cool, and the speed game on offense going into the snow, facing the likes of Von Miller, who's been MIA for a couple weeks. You know, I wonder if Vance Joseph, the seat is so hot for him that he delivers here, and that's why I'm taking the Broncos, plus 263. Now, this is going to sound a little reckless, but if you have some extra money to spend, you know, maybe you got a bonus, you had a birthday, you, you came into a couple bucks. I think the Broncos, plus 263, are a serious, smart play on the money line. Lynch, tell me I'm crazy and I'm nutty and I'm uh, and I'm hurting our listeners. J-Mac, you have a couple of very lovely young children. With those young children, you know how sometimes you get an instance where you get a, a boy pulling a young girl's pigtails because he really likes her, he's yeah. got a crush, he doesn't know how to express it? Is this you with Vance Joseph? <laughs> because every single week you come into this room and you tell me how you cannot bet on Vance Joseph or a Vance Joseph coach team, and then every single week you try to talk yourself into Vance Joseph's team covering. 
Yeah, I, I think the Rams probably crushed the Broncos in this game. Mm. The snow thing is interesting. You'd like to think that, hey, that has a huge impact on potential scoring margins, on the ways the teams play. Actually, in 818 games in this sample size uh, from our friends at sharpfootballanalysis.com, in games where there was either freezing temperatures or snow, the scoring decreased by less than one and a half points per game and passing yardage decreased by less than five yards per game. The snow doesn't have as big of an impact on a high-octane offense as you might hmm. anticipate because it's just as difficult for the defense to get traction and to, and to rush the passer. That's one of the big ones. It becomes really, really difficult to pin your ears back and get to the passer uh, in the snow. So it's kind of a misconception. Absolutely. I mean, that's a, you said 800 games. That's yeah. a large sample size. It's, and, it's, and it goes back to before the merger. So some of that is, you know, some mixed right. up data. Uh, but yeah, it's, it is one of those things where conventional wisdom says, oh, the snow, this is going to be a low-scoring game. If anything, what we see often is Vegas will overcompensate for that in the total over under, and there's a little bit of value in playing the over there. But yeah, I, th I mean, the Rams are such a better team than the Broncos on both sides of the ball. I have to imagine the Rams win here. They probably cover the seven point spread as well. Uh, I guess my last note would be Carson and Mike Davis for Seattle ran all over the Rams last week. On the road, the Rams were. Now they got to go on the road again. Lindsey and Freeman got to gotta get a heavy workload here because we know Case Keenum can't be trusted. Uh, all right, yeah, listen, you made some valid points. I'm looking at the over. It's sitting on 52 and a half. Uh, so I guess some of the sports books out there aren't buying the snow theory. So buyer beware as always. Uh, so don't take out a mortgage payment and put it on the Broncos on the money line. Over to college football. Listen, I had a great start to the season. The last two weeks, I have been kind of losing it has not gone well however seven ranked teams are on the road this week very dangerous spot for a lot of contenders producer conrad hates these picks badly so uh let's get started shall we i'm gonna go with the one they're calling this around the internet the double revenge special producer conrad actually laughed at me when i said this i'm going with memphis Yes, Memphis getting four and a half at home against undefeated UCF. UCF hasn't lost, I believe, uh, since Star Wars was made. The or defending some, some, national th champions. Yes, Thank you very much. Yeah, but the double revenge special. So UCF beat Memphis twice last year. Okay, the second one was a double overtime, 62-55 thriller. But as we go back to fading the public, Lynch, UCF is the most public play on the board this week. My colleague here at FS1, Clay Travis, gave it out as his, like, triple blood bank guarantee or whatever. Uh, we know what that means, okay? The total, by the way, is 81, I'm seeing on this game. 81 for a game! Take Memphis! Getting four and a half. Uh, next up. And this is kind of uh, the one I'm most confident in. If you were asking me where would I load up on Michigan, favored by seven and a half against Wisconsin. I got seven earlier in the week. This number is only going to go up. Folks, the Wisconsin preseason hype was just hype. I mean, this defense is not good. You know they have five sacks? Producer Conrad knows Wisconsin well. The Badgers have five sacks this season. That's it. That's it. By the way, Michigan led this game last year. And I remember watching it because I was heavily invested in Wisconsin at the time. Michigan led 10-7 midway through the third. And their quarterbacks were atrocious. Wisconsin comes back and win. Shea Patterson, this year from Michigan, has 10 TDs in six games. 
Michigan's three quarterbacks last year combined for nine touchdowns in 13 games. The quarterback upgrade is huge. Don't sleep on Michigan and Lynch. Uh, we are going to have to start talking college football playoff futures next week because I think there's going to be in value in Michigan if they beat Wisconsin this week. Keep an eye on this Michigan team. They're getting better. Nobody's paying attention because they lost to Notre Dame early. Third pick, uh, this is a hold-your-nose play. It is puzzling. When I texted producer Conrad this, he was like, sent me all these emojis. I'm going with Nebraska. Winless Nebraska plus three and a half at Northwestern. Here's why. This line was eight and a half. That's a five-point move toward the winless team on the road. Lynch. Somebody out there knows something, right? I, I have no problem taking Nebraska here. Uh, uh, yes, I, I'm aware that Northwestern spanked Michigan State last week. That even feeds into it. You're, you're laughing, Lynch. I'm just wondering if the emojis that Conrad sent you were, were lit or not. Yeah, <laughs> the emojis were indeed lit. So Nebraska plus three and a half. Memphis plus four and a half. Michigan favored by seven and a half. The last two, not as confident in, but I like Penn State. Favored by nearly two TDs at home against Michigan State. Penn State off the bye. They had that tough loss to Ohio State. Penn State's much better than I thought they were. And Michigan State is, uh, to put it nicely, they're trash this year. I'm sorry. They just lost at home to Northwestern. This team is so overvalued. I think Penn State rolls them. And finally, in what I guess is the game of the week, Georgia LSU. I know LSU cost me money uh, last week. Uh, you know, I foolishly picked them against Florida. But this is a spot game, okay? Everybody's selling LSU. The public is pounding Georgia. I, I know Georgia's undefeated. I'm, I'm just going to take a spot. LSU at home, SEC game, getting over a touchdown. I'm getting seven and a half. Lynch, your thoughts on any of those picks, or are you hung up on the emojis that producer Conrad sent me? No, but just real <laughs> quick, you know, I'm not much of a college football uh, fan or gambler. Um, we here at Fox Sports, we've been looking at a couple of different things. We love gambling. We're embracing it more and more. And so I kind of wanted to put together a, if I bet $10 on this college football parlay, could I win 10K? Ooh. And so this is kind of a fun one and it, we, because we're talking about LSU Georgia. If you were to wager on every top 10 college football team who is playing an unranked opponent this week to cover plus LSU to beat Georgia outright. Ooh. So you really need that upset and then your favorites to cover. That $10 parlay would pay out just over $11,000 American. So, I again, there's no value. It would have to be a super chalk and then LSU. Listen, LSU could it's possible they could beat it's Georgia. It's possible, right? And I mean, so as someone who's not really a college football fan, I want to, and I'm I'm becoming more and more of a college football fan, and I want to have a little skin in the game on Saturday. I know that's a negative EV play. Parlays just are. Yeah, the, the gambling sewer on Twitter will have your head for that. And that's fine, because <laughs> yeah. it comes down to this. The utility of $10 to me, three of my favorite monster energy beverages... <laughs> It's not a whole lot of utility there. They're not a sponsor on the podcast they yet. They're a sponsor of my bloodstream. Versus the 11000 that I could win. Heck yeah. And it gives, so essentially I'm saying $10. That's what, a third of a movie ticket in Two 2018? Starbucks drinks, right. man. Come on. I pay $10 for the entertainment value of being invested in college football games all day long. And if things go my way, you know, I get to pay off what's left on my car payment. So... I might do that. And that's just kind of a fun, casual gambling way to approach things. Ten to win 
$11,000. I mean, listen, if you do one of those every week, we'll say one college and one pro, that's 20 bucks. The upside is massive. Now, the chances of it hitting are slim, but Lynch, all you need is one. And that's the thing. Again, I want to make this very clear. The expected value of that bet is negative. Yeah, if it's I not make, a good bet. If I make that bet 100,000 times, I'm going to win it a few times, but I'm not going to win it often enough to make up for all the times that I right. lost. I understand that the way that parlays work, they are set up so that I'm not getting the very best odds. It, so from a purely financial value perspective, it makes no sense. I want to be very clear about that. But I am a firm believer, unless you are someone who is trying to make a living gambling... There are other types yeah. of value. We talked about this last week with betting on the Yankees to win the AL because if they lose, I'm happy. And if they win, I make money. You know, that's a that's a very silly thing, but there's a psychic emotional value there. And so, you know, there are Skin different the ways game. to gamble. I, I like listen, I like that. I'm not we're not advocating go out and do that every week, but we're saying if you wanted to for fun, why not? I mean, there's other, you, some people play video games. Some people will uh, go to sporting events. Other people have their own peccadillos. I, I just... Great word. Me, yeah, I, I just... I'm, I'm down with that. I like 10 to win 10,000. Those are my college plays. Michigan, LSU, Memphis, Nebraska, Penn State. Hold your nose on Nebraska, producer Conrad. I'm telling you, I will come in here Monday and say, Cornhuskers, baby! I'll be wearing a Scott Frost throwback jersey. Man, I love college. So there you have it, Mr. Lynch. We covered it all. College football, NFL. Last week, hey, you were very profitable on the UFC. Kudos to you for that. Uh, we, Hey, listen, NBA's right around the corner. We will be doing a special NBA gambling podcast for you on Monday. I believe tip-off is Monday night. That will be lit, no doubt. We love the NBA around here. But listen, my focus will be on NFL and sports gambling. For Mr. Lynch, I am Jason McIntyre. Please subscribe, rate, and review. And really, shout out to all those positive reviews uh, and those five-star ratings. We actually, I'm dabbling with the idea, Lynch, of some kind of giveaway here shortly uh, because, you know, we've had some people throw some nice stuff at us being here at FS1, very fortunate. And uh, I'm thinking of giving some stuff away. So uh, keep those reviews and ratings coming in. Talk to you Monday.